Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Uh, Ryan, you ready to go? We are all good. Just give me a countdown. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. We welcome you into our Warriors Weekly Podcast for 95.7 The Game. Back with you after a little bit of a holiday break. John Dickinson and Gary St. Jean. It's officially episode number eight here dropping on the eighth day of 2020. Saint, uh, good to speak with you again. It's, it's been a little while, buddy. It has, John, and uh, Happy New Year to you and to all our uh, Warrior pals. Yeah, and, uh, you know, let's just start with uh, everything that's been going on uh, with this team, and we'll start with the most newsworthy item, I guess, first. Uh, it had long been talked about uh, for the last few weeks and really for the last couple of months about what were the Warriors going to do in an attempt to uh, you know, free up uh, a spot and some cap space to be able to offer Damian Lee uh, or Kai Bowman a contract for the remainder of the season. A couple of guys on two-way deals that were uh, really close uh, to using up their allotted 45 days, and, and the Warriors now within, uh, what, a day or two uh, with Damian Lee. Uh, that timeline coincided with the guaranteed date for uh, contracts and, and players that uh, you know were on non-guaranteed contracts at the beginning of the season. Their, the date to guarantee them is uh, this week and, and January 10th. And if you're going to waive a player, you got to let them know by uh, the 7th. And the Warriors let Marquise Chris know that uh, they were going to be moving on uh, in an attempt to uh, keep Damian Lee on the roster. A bit of a surprise to me, Saint. What were your uh, takeaways from, from that decision, first and foremost? Well, yes. If you just look at it from a, a, a fan standpoint, yes, it was a surprise. But I'll give it to you from the general manager's what you want to do and what you can do are two different things. And this is cap management. Um, this was a uh, one-year non-guaranteed deal. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, you look at the him and Willie Cauley-Stein and you say, who's playing better, Chris or him? Yeah, but Willie Cauley-Stein has one plus a player option. Okay, then you say, well, maybe I would have liked to move one of those veteran guys who have really done a good job in, in Burks or, or Robinson. But, uh, you know, John, what you want to do, uh, what you can do are two different things in terms of getting another team to work with you. And uh, what would you have to take back? Well, they only want to take the minimum back. So would you be willing to give a future second? Well, maybe nobody was willing to do that. So they've gone this route. And I think if you prioritize, I think Lee would be ahead of Goldman. So uh, he does with his good future. And, uh, John, I'm going to share with you, I watched him play with, you know, KD and I didn't see all of this in his game. He was a spot-up three-point shooter, but, boy, he's been a terrific rebounder. He's played really hard. He's uh, he's really competed defensively. So he's earned this opportunity, and let's see what happens between now and the trade deadline. And uh, I hope good things happen for Chris because I think he did a very, very good job here. He, he grew as a person, as a player, 
And if you're looking for a big out there, I'd really recommend him. Yeah, and, and, you know, the Damian Lee aspect of this, he is somebody that's been around, and, and, and I think, you know, Saint, uh, you know, Marquise Chris is somebody that you'd want to continue to take a look at between now and the end of the season if you could, but the reality is, right, if you're looking at next year, uh, the, the Warriors have had a harder time finding wing players that can contribute than they've had, you know, piecing together bigs. And, and in some yeah. ways, it's easier to find another big, right? Especially at this point where, where wings are at such a premium. Well, you, you have a um, – when you look at this team, you're right on about wings. And, and, and if you can get it, bring it another shooter in the fold uh, for the future along with Clay and Steph, that, that's terrific. So right on in style of play, what you're doing offensively, moving the ball, moving people. As far as bigs, we've seen the Warriors do it by committee in the past. Uh, you know, when we had Zaza and we had West and we had McGee. And, uh, you know, that's a that's a position that they're looking for people that can set good screens, that can rebound, that can play vertical at the rim and, and contest shots, play the pick-and-roll game. And, uh, you know, the door closes for a little while, but that's not to say that it wasn't a positive experience for both sides, I think. The Warriors really liked him, and I think he liked being here. So who knows what will happen as we go down down the road. Well, and, and you look at, uh, you know, the other part of this I wanted to get into with you is just, you know, the part about the rest of the league and other teams. You know, it was, it was widely believed that the Warriors, you know, could make a deal for one of the veterans. You know, maybe it's a, an Alec Burks that another team would want, that maybe it's a Glenn Robinson that another team uh, would want. Uh, of course, those are guys that the Warriors would, would surely love to have on their team next year, although they aren't under contract for next year. So you could, in theory, go back and, and reacquire them again uh, in the offseason, even if you traded them. The, the reality, though, Saint, isn't it that, you know, teams aren't necessarily on the same timeline as the Warriors. And, and what I'm saying is you, you, know, you could make a deal involving Alec Burks a month from now because there's a little time pressure the other way to do it. Uh, other teams in the league weren't really on the Warriors' timeline with this thing where they yeah. kind of had to figure something out right now. Very, very well said. And uh, always when you get toward the trade deadline, that last 48 hours, things just have a way of heating up, and that also happens when we get to uh, – free agency in the summertime and also with the draft. Uh, those are the times that really it gets, it gets warm in the office. And, uh, you know, with that said, that these two guys came to the Warriors because they thought that, uh, you know, they thought that Steph would be playing for sure. And maybe at some point they would be coming back. Uh, that hasn't happened, but I think they've both had very, very positive experiences. They, they've played better than they ever had in their career. That's a credit to them and to the coaching staff and their teammates. And I'll be honest with you, John, if, if I'm looking at teams looking for wings, the two teams that, that, that get, keep getting mentioned are the Lakers and the Clippers. Well, I think right. they're both sitting there waiting to get Andre Iguodala. They're trying to figure out a way to get him. So, and, a prior, and you rate these deals that you potentially can make. And I think right now they're going to hold Pat, hoping they can make something happen for him. Would you see the Warriors being open to 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 moving, you know, some of those guys to a to a Lakers or a Clippers if if let's say one of them doesn't wind up with Iguodala? Because that's the other domino in this, right? Sure. If Iguodala winds up going, let's say Iguodala hypothetically goes to Houston or goes maybe somewhere in the Eastern Conference, Philadelphia, something like that. 
Uh, then there's maybe a little bit more of an urgency from from the the two LA teams or another team to to maybe take on one of these other players. Do you, do you think you know at this point, given where the Warriors are at, they wouldn't have a problem dealing with anybody? No, oh, and I think hey, uh, you know, you try to help yourself. And in the days of pulling the wool and we have teams' eyes because there's very little video on the guy. Uh, now you get to see everybody all the time. So. Usually you make a deal, and I'm, I'm going to make a deal with you, and it's good for you, and it's good for me, and, and I want to feel good about it, as do you, so that we can make another deal maybe next year or the year after. And, uh, you know, you're right what you're saying about Andre. Who knows? But, you know, you look at the Clippers and the Lakers, and they're kind of handcuffed a little bit because they both have given up so many picks uh, to make deals. Um so with that said, you know, they don't have a lot of flexibility. So what they want to do and what they can do are really two different things. John Dickinson, Gary St. Jean, Warriors Weekly Podcast for 95.7 The Game. It's episode number eight here in our first of 2020. Uh, St., the last time we, we spoke and, and we did this podcast, uh, the Warriors were struggling and then they played really well around the Christmas holiday on that homestand where they won four straight and took four of five. Uh, but uh, D'Angelo Russell going down uh, and taking that fall and, and, and the shoulder uh, and neck injury was really a scary type of a situation uh, early on. That that Really, that moment, uh, Saint, has flipped this thing back the other way when the Warriors were starting to build a little bit of, of momentum. They lose that game to Dallas where he goes down. They were actually really competitive on New Year's Eve in San Antonio, but the last couple of games have been kind of ugly. Uh, the, the game against uh, Minnesota and then Detroit at Chase Center and in, in Sacramento a couple of nights ago as we record this. Uh, how, how difficult is it when you keep losing a guy? And the Warriors have had to deal with this a couple of times. You know, they, they lose Steph and then they lose D'Lo and then he comes back and they start to play better and then he's out again and then he comes back and they start to play. I mean, just how much is that, that seemingly constant flux just hamstring you in terms of, of really building any kind of sustainable momentum? Well, John, you're right. It's, it's proofs in the pudding. When you had all the, the majority of the guys playing, when they won four out of five, it was the veteran guys that were on the floor, and then the younger guys were in the roles that you'd like to have them in. Uh, and you're, you had your primary scorer. You, you know, Draymond's been banged up. Your key to your defense, uh, he's been out. So, you know, and then they've they've struggled uh, in two areas. They struggled to shoot the ball, and the, and the defense is, uh, and they've also turned the ball over a lot the, against the Kings. Uh, and we saw that quite a bit. You know, Steve takes a lot of pride in, you know, the assist turnover ratio, and, and they really uh, want to get more field goal attempts, and that's because of pace and ball movement. And, you know, they haven't been able to do that because they're not getting enough stops to get out in the open floor. So, you know, it's a big circle. And, uh, you know, when you get those guys back, they've, they've shown that they can be very competitive. I, you know, at that game Christmas Day against Houston, that was just a gutty, a tough win with a great game plan, double team at Harden. And, uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, that that's kind of frustrating. But, you know, that's that's the nature of the beast in the, in the NBA. That's just, just the way it is. Some teams, and, and we've said this in the past, those five years, they stay pretty darn healthy. And uh, we don't talk about when you get to the playoffs, uh, how important that is, because if you lose one of your top two or three guys, 
boy, that changes your your team look completely. Where, where are you at with with Draymond Green? You know, Steve Curry he he, he mm. got you know, Kerr got ejected in Sacramento. Draymond got ejected the game before that uh, at home against the Pistons. And Steve Kerr after the game said that you know he's. He's a little tired, you know, both physically, mentally. I mean, Draymond was kind of the engine of that winning streak in terms of, you mm-hmm. know, they were competitive in games and they were in it or ahead down the stretch. And, and he helped guide them home in a few of those games just with his with his intelligence and his skill and, and, and just his tenacity and, and desire to, to re, you know, refuse to allow his team to lose. Uh, where are you at with Draymond right now? I mean, Steve gave him the night off in Sacramento, and and how do you balance when to give a guy a night off versus hey, let let's try to continue to keep you know competing and keep this thing going and keep morale up because I think the morale of this team for the most part is better when he's on the floor. Well, there's no doubt about that morale statement, uh, but you know, a, a veteran player, you have a relationship with him. You know uh, where he's at physically and uh, where he's at mentally. And physically, we know that, you know, five years in the finals, the way he plays the game, uh, that's adding on an extra year, John, to your five-year total games. So we hear about, you know, an ankle issue uh, or a foot, also a knee and a shoulder, an elbow. So he's got a lot of nagging stuff. And uh, then, you know, he's had to... Listen, he plays with a lot of emotion, and he's a real smart player. And uh, it's it's got to be difficult playing out there, trying to play his game offensively, where he's you know the, the point forward, and he's drawn and kicking in the past the three of the greatest shooters we've ever had in the game, and you know now uh, those the prowess of shooting the ball is not there, and and then you look at uh, on the defensive end. You know, he's, he's had to try to stay patient and, and positive and, and teach these young guys uh, the rotations that you need to be a quality uh, team defense uh, in the NBA. So it's, it's been a tough run for him. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, I, as we go forward here, if he needs to be shut down, you know, uh, they've got him under contract now for four more years. They want to make sure he's right for the future. So they don't want to risk uh, any minor injury becoming a major league injury and then really setting them back. So, you know, they're going to be prudent in how they play him. Well, and in hindsight, you know, in a way, having him under contract is 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 beneficial now because you don't have him fighting to be out there to get numbers exactly. and feeling like he's got to do more and or having it feel like it's impacting the future. I mean, he took a number – that, that everybody was comfortable with, and, and now that's just, you know, th- there's going to be a lot of things the Warriors are going to have to worry about, Saint, here between now and, let's say, October, you know, when the season starts uh, up again next year. That's not going to be one of them as long as he's yeah. healthy. So I think keeping him healthy and, and fresh is, is probably of the utmost importance here. John, you're right on, and, and, and really uh, for uh, ownership, management, and for Steve and his staff, they want to evaluate him on the last five years, you know, what he did uh, on the on and off the floor. I wouldn't want to evaluate Draymond Green off of this year. Uh, you know, he'd be feeling the stress, and they would too. So, you know, I think the right decision was made. And, uh, you know, they feel that those pieces really fit together. I mean, when he's got the ball in his hands and you've got Steph and Clay on those two wings, that, 
that's really nice. Uh, that's nice, nice situation to be in. John Dickinson, Gary St. Jean, Warriors Weekly Podcast for 95.7 The Game. It's episode number eight. We'll bounce around here uh, to some of the big topics uh, around the league and some of the teams that are playing well. I love getting your thoughts on on everything going on in the, in the league, St. Uh, I, I do want to ask you about a, you know, some of the rumors and some of the things you know, bandied about here within the last couple of weeks. Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Uh, that's a name that I think is going to continue to pop up surrounding the Warriors uh, here in, in the next few months. But he's a guy that's under contract and, mm. and and finding a deal. I know it's been reported the Warriors are kind of monitoring his situation. Uh, how how patient do you have to be and, and how, how tapped into what's going on with other teams do you have to be as a, as a general manager, as an organization – to kind of know where maybe there is an opportunity to look to, to make a move? Well, you look at Minnesota, you've got a new GM, a new coach, you've got Wiggins playing better, but the two of those guys have been hurt a lot, John. And he uh, started out really well, and then they really hit the side. Um, they don't want to trade him. Uh, they, they're going to play this out, I think, a couple more years. And then maybe we'll get into an Anthony Davis situation where he can say, hey, I've given you six years or whatever, and, and you know, it'd be best for me to move on and, and uh, let's see if you can find something for me. He, I just don't even think that's on the table. I think that's, that's just rumor stuff. Uh, you know, and, and then now let's take it to Andre Drummond and, and Troy. You know, Jackson's been hurt all year. Now Griffin, they're shutting him down with his knee. You know, his his game the past six, seven years, high-flying act, a lot of pounding. Uh, I'm not surprised by this. And now you got Drummond, who's a free agent, and they're saying, holy cow, you know, do we want to max him? And uh, he's gonna, I think he's got an option for about $25 million. Somebody will max him, and maybe he's saying, hey, maybe, you know, change the scenery's better, although publicly he said he'd like to stay. Uh, he, will, he will be taken by a team that maybe can't entice free agents to come and play for him. One team that comes right off the top is, is uh, Atlanta, and, and they're, they've got picks, and they're, and they're willing to do something, they're willing, and they've got a lot of cap space. So they could uh, take on a bad contract there and uh, help, uh, you know, Detroit for the future as they try to rebuild. You know, Detroit's eight last year, and if these guys were healthy, they'd be in that spot again. You don't want to stay there. You want to get down so you can get quality in the draft and, and get cap management in good place so that you can get free agents to move forward. Um, you know, those are the two biggest names that I've thrown out there, and, and uh, there'll obviously be a ton of other rumors going on as we move forward here, and, and, and listen, Bob Myers and his staff, they're doing their due diligence, they're talking to these guys every week, uh, you know, just throwing hypotheticals at them, you know, as we go forward, you know, would you consider moving him, or what, do you, what would you like to get for him, uh, would you like picks, you want veteran players, you know, that kind of thing, so they're monitoring everything going on and and they're that's what they have to be doing because uh you always want to be prepared you don't want to make a deal and, and not have uh, really put your ducks in order well and it's fascinating too saint just all the options that the warriors are going to have uh and, and look yeah. we don't know where their 
where their pick is going to be. Uh, as of now, it would be guaranteed to be a, a top, what, five or six pick. Uh, yep. but and it, and it could be much higher than that. But but you've got the pick and you've got the, the, the trade exception and you've got uh, the mid-level exception and you've got yep. veteran minimum deals. And, and, and there's all kinds of options if you look to make a trade with somebody else on your roster. I mean, the, the Warriors have a lot of means to, to really, really, really improve this roster all while also developing some of the players that that are getting in more of an opportunity. So it's, uh, you know, 9-29 as we record this is not where anybody expected the Warriors to be, but there are still a lot of different ways that this team could flip the script and be pretty darn good again pretty quickly. Yeah, one thing I really uh... – really appreciate about, appreciate about the Warriors fans is their energy and enthusiasm, but also their knowledge, their knowledge of the situation that we're in. So they're, they're not coming in there shaking their head and we got to win more now. They know these guys are doing the very best they can. And, and they know that they're looking at Pascal and they're looking at, uh, oh, uh, our other Villanova, big bear Seaman and Simon. And, and I, I'm saying, wow, these are two pieces for your rotation for a long time to come. Sure, you know, uh, Bowman had a, a tough game the other night up in Sacramento, but overall he's played well. And So you're looking at pieces that might be for your future on the bench. But as you mentioned, all those options, John, the, the thing that keeps you feeling like if, if everything worked out well, you do have two future Hall of Famers that are out, that are coming back. And... uh you know, that's, that's what has you feeling like, you know, hey, you can go now from down around the bottom, and uh, you can get right back in the hunt in the Western Conference. You know, and then you speak to the lottery. Well, I, I wish there were cornerstones or, or really great uh, players out there like, uh, like you know, Williamson or Morant or these kind of guys uh, that you could say is going to be a 10-year player on, on your team right now. When you look at this thing, um, you know, balls in Australia. You got Edwards down in Australia. Was a, I mean, in Georgia, it was about a six-six wing. Very athletic guy. You got uh, Greg Anthony's son who's injured at North Carolina. You got Weissman, uh, who's uh, the only big out of those guys. And, uh, you know, these are going to be good players. But, you know, I can't make a promise to you that they're going to be great players. Saint, uh, I want to ask you about a couple of teams uh, in the Western Conference. Uh, the Clippers are the Clippers are a team. You know, it seems like they're trying to figure out uh, how to balance everything. You know, how to balance where they are as far as you know being a contender. It seems like every night they've got two or three guys almost on a rotation that are yeah. sitting out or are back in the lineup, and it, it almost it, it feels like they're not getting enough cohesiveness to really build toward where they need to be. I know they've still got time, but what what have you made of just how they've managed their their roster and just who's available to play every night? I think ownership, management, Doc Rivers, they sat down, Jerry West is down there and said, hey, you know, we've got to take care of Leonard. And then you've got uh, George coming off a big injury. They, they've hardly practiced together. They've hardly played together. And, and that's going to keep going on. They're, they're looking at the big picture. You know, Beverly's had this issue with his hand now over the last the 10 days. They've had uh, other guys out. But, again, when you look at Lou Williams and you look at Harrell and you look at Leonard and 
in uh, Kawhi and you looked at Beverly, you know, you've got a heck of a defensive outfit there that I don't think they've got to press the panic button. I, I think as long as they're playing well in March, they're not getting hung up about being the number one team in the West. Let's say fact. Let's say they come in two or three. Uh, let's say it's two. Well, then they're opposite of, of L.A. right now. The, and so where are they going to play? If they, if they wind up winning, they're going to play in their own building, even though they don't have the record that the Lakers do. So I don't think they're that worried about that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, they're, they're kind of a unique situation. The team, to me, that's got my eye, China, is Utah. I mean, they think they've won 10 out of 11. They yep. were floundering. They weren't playing well. But, uh, you know, sometimes things happen. You know, Michael Conley, they make the trade, like bringing him in, Rubio leaves. He was having a hard time adjusting and then a hamstring problem. So, you know, he's been out. Well, in the meantime, you put Mitchell at the point guard, and he has been fabulous. Uh, just off the charts. You still have Gobert. They've got Ingles playing better again. He he was uh, frustrated. He was arguing. Now he's playing his game. Uh, he's a great shooter. He talks trash. And, you know he he's a fun in your side. So they're they're really playing well. The team that I just don't know if they're going to get it going. Although Carmelo hit a buzzer beater the other night uh, to beat Toronto. I don't know if Portland's going to get it going. Uh, they're going to need Nurkic to come back here after the All-Star break and really be playing well. Um, you know, I, I think they could be active to try to do something because they're, they're really disappointed. Houston, quietly, they're only four games back of the Lakers. I mean, they're kind of tied with the Clippers. They play their winning. I'm not going to tell you that's going to do it in the playoffs, but during the regular season, when you don't have a lot of time to prepare for it, it's a unique style to play against. And uh, the, to, to me, the story in the West, and I'm just in love with Doncic. Uh, <laughs> my gosh, John, he, he's just a joy to watch play the game of basketball. I'm going to tell you something. This is me. I'm a purist. I want them to finish four, and I want Houston to finish five. And uh, oh, that we'll would be see fun. What happens? Yeah, then we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I. I'm just loving what they're doing down there. Porzingis has been hurt, and, and I'll give him, John, a B-minus or a C-plus so far. He really hasn't gotten it going. But look at Steph's brother. Look at Timmy Hardaway's son. Uh, they're playing terrific basketball down there. They, they really, really are. Um, no, you know, that's, no, they that are. Kind of gives you, yeah. No, they, they are sitting. And and Utah was one of the teams I wanted to ask you about. The other team b- before we before we wrap it is is Oklahoma City because you know, they were the yeah. team that it looked like they're going to acquire as many picks as they can, and they've got Chris Paul, and they've got Gallinari, and they've got Adams, and 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 Shea Gilgis Alexander was the one piece of the you know yep. the Paul George trade, and they've still got Schroeder, and they're really taking advantage of I think how bad everybody has been below them because they've racked up a lot of wins against those teams specifically, and it's yeah. it's built their record up to a point where you know. They, they believe they're a pretty solid team. I mean, they look like a team that could almost go both ways. They could they could make the yeah. playoffs right now as maybe a seven, or they could even make some trades, kind of like what the Clippers did last year, and still make it. Yeah, I, I, John, good, good uh, observation. Listen, a lot of people would like to get Adams. He's still making a lot of money, but they'd like him. He's really improved offensively. They're getting good play out of Ferguson. Uh, and, and then you take a look at those three guards that you just talked about. 
I see new life. I see new giddy-up. I, I see great leadership in Chris Paul. He, he's yeah. really, uh, he's liking playing there. A lot of people saying, oh, gosh, you know, this is not going to work at all. I, he's really had a big impact on Shea. Listen, and we knew Schroeder can score. He, he's a great guy to bring off the bench. So, you know, they, they've done a heck of a job. Uh, kudos to Billy Donovan. They play quality defense. They know their roles. So you're right on. They could make a big deal and uh, move. You know, I don't think they're going to do it, but I think they could move Paul or they could move Adams. John, they're going to be, what do you think, six or seven? I mean, they're 21 and 15. Uh, hey, they've, they've been, I think, a surprise. Uh, yeah. You know, we talked about uh, Portland falling, but these guys doing what they're doing, I, I think, is, is terrific. And, John, when the heck's the last time we might have a seven or eight in the West with a, a, a luck to be 500? Well, it it looks like there's a shot that that the eight yeah. at least is going to be under five hundred, yeah. and and it's you know San yeah. Antonio's still in that mix. They've got the long Don't streak. Don't them out. Portland uh, is yeah. you know we talked a little bit about them, and then there's some other teams below them. Uh, I think if San Antonio and Portland get it to go get it going, one of those two will be the favorite. But Oklahoma City and Dallas have played so well that it's probably one spot. So you're probably looking at, at, at San Antonio or Portland or you know one of those two teams isn't going to make it, and, and you never know if somebody beneath them gets hot, maybe neither one of them make it, which would really be uh, really be a shocker. Uh, final thought here, Saint. i I, I got to ask you about Giannis. Uh, as we record this, the Warriors are going to take on Giannis. I mean, he is the, the, the prize that everybody wants, but it seems like everything's going well enough in Milwaukee to where – you know how things end is going to matter, but but Giannis right now, it, I'm still having a hard time believing he winds up saying he wants out of there. Well, time will tell. I, I think the key is they got to make sure they get to the conference finals. Uh, they got to knock at the door to get to the finals. That's what he's got to feel in his heart that he can win there. I think he's very comfortable in Milwaukee, person. Milwaukee's got a big place in my heart because I spent seven years there. It's a great place. Sure. Holzer's a terrific coach. If you told me, John, that the two Lopez's were going to be playing like this, their rim protection is the best in the league, and they're ranked out of Compo and the two Lopez's. Those two guys haven't been that good in the past, and it's just their system and their intelligence. Middleton's been very good. Ledlow's been hurt a little bit, but he's good. And you got Dante DiVincenzo, you know, playing well at the at the two spots. So that team uh, is chemistry. You can feel it, and they're really terrific defensively. They're comfortable in their own roles. You know, I read something today that they said that uh, Adekunpo is this decade's shack of the past. His domination, his huh. his way to get to the point, to the paint. And, you know, Shaq did it by the post. He's doing it off the trip. And they just spread out. And, John, the other thing, too, he's hit 53 threes. The whole season last year he didn't do that. Just about that. So he's got confidence there. And, and we all better watch out. If he ever starts making threes, uh, holy moly. But, you know, David Stern's passing. You and I haven't talked about this. But wouldn't he be smiling today that the two oh, yeah. leading vote-getters in the East and West are Adekumpo and Doncic. It, it, it's, no doubt. It's terrific for our league. It's just fabulous. 
it just makes you feel good about where we are and where the league's going. No, and and I mean Giannis, like you say, if he starts making the three, I mean we're we're almost to the point where it's going to be wherever he is, they're just going to win it every year, right? Or at least be in the finals every year. I mean, he's almost to that point where he's that good, and the last piece to that would be the, the, the three-point shot for sure. Yeah, and John, you know, he's like LeBron. He doesn't want to hear those two words, load management. He wants to play, and he plays hard every night. So he creates the identity for this team. Um I have nothing but the ultimate praise for him, and we already talked about magic. It's, uh, boy, it, it's beautiful to watch. Good stuff. St. Great stuff uh, from you, as always, and uh, we'll, we'll get back in the regular rotation here and start dropping these uh, every week or so. Uh, really good to touch base with you, and we'll, we'll talk again here soon. John, always available for you, and uh, you have a great afternoon. All right, appreciate it. It's Gary St. Jean, John Dickinson, our Warriors Weekly Podcast, Episode 8 in the books here for 95.7 The Game. All right, St., take it easy. Really appreciate it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.